0: hi all and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of open house we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy we believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be if you love this episode today please do share on social media and tag us at open house life as well as tagging dr Tari and i now into the episode and it's a juicy one. Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with me and my incredible co-host Dr. Terry Mack, clinical psychologist and celebrity relationship expert. So if you are new around here, We've had a very exciting week at Open House with the podcast absolutely flying up the charts in both the UK and the US. So if you are new here, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Please do check back into the back catalogue of episodes that we have already created together because there is so much information in these Open Heart episodes about all things dating, relationship, dating, relationships, and more. Today we are talking about what does not right now mean. So anyone that has come here through TikTok might have seen the TikTok that I posted yesterday and this is what it said. I wish I knew sooner that him being nonchalant is a no, him being confused is a no, him not being ready is a no, him just out of a relationship is a no. Him needing to get his head straight is a no, and him with the poor and silent communication is a no. We have got to stop romanticizing versions of men that our little inner child creates in our head as the prince that will come and save us one day, but not right now. Their growth and availability is their responsibility, not ours. Your prince charming is out there and will claim you with a fuck yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Because the thing about TikTok, right, is I try and share things I've learned in therapy, but sometimes there's a bit of cancel culture on TikTok saying, I don't agree with that, or no one's ever ready for a relationship and you need to be ready to meet people in the middle, blah, 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 blah. Let's just dive right in. What is your thoughts on that?
1: 100% agree. All of those things that you listed, like nonchalant, poor communication, just getting out of a a relationship. I need to get my head straight. Those are all different ways that men are saying, I can't show up for you right now. And if you want to be in a relationship, the number one thing you need is somebody who's ready for what you're ready for. And so many people make so many excuses for people that are not in the same place as them and they waste so much time.
0: I love that about not being in the same place and making excuses because... I'm going to tell you a story here. I think it will add some good context to this episode and I know that everyone loves a bit of a juicy personal story which hopefully again this man will also not listen to because this podcast is quick turning into just like a backlog of my entire dating history. Anyway, so when I was living in LA just before the pandemic, I matched with this guy on Raya and we went out and We basically ended up having a a broad romance when it's not quite real life and it feels amazing. Okay, so I felt like this guy ticked all of the boxes on paper. He was very successful. He had a great brain. He was able to stimulate me mentally. I was very much into him physically. He was older than me. He ticked a lot of boxes for me. But then the pandemic hit, okay? So he went home and I went home. He went back to Europe, I went back to Europe, but different countries. At that point, this is when I should have just cut the ripcord, okay? But I hadn't gone to therapy at this point. I hadn't understood that for this man, you know, there wasn't probably much of an intention for there to be a long-term relationship. Now, I was kept alive by these little tidbits of suggestions of me to come and visit the city in Europe where he lived. There was never a suggestion that he would come to London, another red flag. And we would also talk, okay, we would have great hour, two hour long conversations about life, about business. So I want to say to anyone that's listening to this, we acknowledge that just because something is not right doesn't mean it's going to feel bad. Like in my experience, actually, some of the things that are worse for us are things that feel the best. So every time I would have these conversations with him, I would feel like, oh my goodness, I genuinely really honestly thought that this man could be my husband. That was because I had not done any work at that point to understand that he was avoidant and that I was anxious. So I was running towards him, that I was chasing him saying something. I was just waiting for something to come. Now, fast forward two and a half years later, we never saw each other again. Okay. And so I just want to ask you in that situation, I felt like it was a not right now for him. Okay. He just got back from the pandemic. He was just building a business. He was in the early stages of building the business. He even had a phobia of flying, and I would go as far to say that he's not coming to London because he hates flying. Like, Even though he other places. He had flown <laughs> other places. <laughs> oh my God, that's so embarrassing. I just got fully called out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the fact that I met him in LA, like you obviously got on an aeroplane. <laughs> so <laughs> that's hilarious. My question for you is, what do we do, okay, when we meet these people... And they are 75 or 85% of the way there, okay? We feel like they're ticking boxes, but they're just missing X, Y, and Z. We just feel if we just wait, if we just do this, if the business just launches. Now I know that is not the case, but you, clinical psychologist, celebrity relationship expert, what have you got to say on that?
1: I would say he wasn't even 75 or 85% a match for you because first of all, the number one thing you need to assess. And a lot of people don't like this because a lot of people want to have a lot of short-term gratification. And you can go and do that. It depends what place you're in. But if you are honestly in a place where you are ready to have a relationship, a long-term relationship, the number one thing you need to assess is if this person is also ready for a relationship, not necessarily a relationship with you. Before you know someone, you're not going to ask them that. But it's like, what are you ready for in this chapter? And if they can't confidently and directly say, I'm ready, you know, to invest in someone, then leave it alone. And so when you met him, had you known me or had you been in therapy, you know, you would have been coached to ask him, what are you looking for? What do you want? And maybe Louise back then wasn't ready herself. Maybe you weren't clear that you wanted something committed and long-term. And so maybe you would have had the fun anyway. But you have to be honest with yourself. What do you want? And why are you wasting
0: time with somebody that feels good, but is not going to go the distance with you? I love that about asking the question. So I think that as a society, we, why? I just don't know why we're scared to ask people what they want. That is crazy. It should be no different to saying, asking someone whether they prefer tea or coffee or what their favorite thing about what favorite day of the week is. If
1: you know you want to run a marathon and you're looking for a running partner, the first thing you're going to ask is, what are you training for? Do we have a similar goal here? And if they want to train for a 3K or a 5K –
0: find someone else. Oh, because they're not going to go the distance with you and they're going to have totally different training plans and entire lives. Because if you're running a marathon, your whole life is structured differently to someone who's running a 5k. And I love that because someone who is casually dating, their life is structured totally different to someone who is looking or wants to invest and commit to a long-term relationship. Yes. So I absolutely love that. And I think it's it's sad that we're scared to ask. And I think that we're often scared of coming across too strong. We spoke about this as well on the orbiting episode a couple of episodes back, which is that we're often scared or subconsciously fearful to put a boundary in place and to block someone on social media because we think it's going to be perceived to be passive aggressive. But actually, like you said, it's just a protective loving mechanism for ourselves and who in my childhood taught me that setting a boundary was aggressive. So I guess that we can extrapolate that same concept into this, which is who taught you that using your voice or asking what someone wants is too much or too strong? Right. And it's
1: not only, it's not just asking what they want, it's stating what you want. And I think that mm. is the problem especially women, I think are afraid to say, what are you looking for? What are you ready for? Because I'm ready to invest in someone when I meet the right person. I'm not going to invest in just anyone and ask, is that where you're at? I think a lot of women, like they are going to scare off men that are not in the same place as them. But that's actually the best thing that they could
0: ever do. Yes. Yeah, if you are scaring off someone by saying that you want a healthy, committed, conscious partnership, then that person was never going to be the person to enter into that for you. Okay, so my next question now, what I see a lot of in today's society is people, you become physical with someone before you get to know them, right? So say you go out, you hook up with someone, you're drunk, you're sober, whatever it is, and you make out. And then maybe you make out with them again, you start texting, you start talking. A lot of people will then just slip into a cycle of intimacy with this person where you're being physically intimate, but as we've also discussed on other podcasts, not emotionally intimate. And I think one of the most interesting things that I have learned recently is like the the concept that sex is the honey, not the glue in a relationship, right? So I want to ask you as a therapist. Do you think you can make someone fall in love with you or change their mind by entering into this casual relationship with the hope that it might go somewhere? Absolutely (laughs) not.
1: Here is the thing. Someone who isn't looking for a relationship or commitment, they will be more than happy to spend time with you, to make out with you, to have sex with you to see you when they don't have anything else going on, they want access to you. And if you're going to allow that, you know, they'll be more than happy to do that. But that's not going to make them change what they want with you. Your person will meet you and understand that this is someone they've been looking for. They will resonate with you and the things you say and the things you do and who you are. And if somebody isn't doing that, you can't convince someone they should want to be in a relationship with you. And if you're doing that, you're just wasting time. You're with the wrong person.
0: And let's go deeper into that because if you are subtly or non-subtly trying to communicate or convince someone, and I, I just want to caveat the word convince because very few of us actively convince someone to be in a relationship with us. They don't say, you, I want to be with you. Just be with me. It'll be good. I promise. I, you know, no one, very few people do that. But what we do, and two hands up, goodness, I am so guilty of this. I have done it my whole life up until, well, going to therapy is that we subtly do this there and this there. And if we just look cute on this date, and if we just buy them this thing that we thought of, and if we just, if their friends like us when they meet us, then subtly, subtly, Mm -hmm. slowly, catchy monkey, we can start to almost like not wear them down because that has a negative connotation to it, but it's more like warm them up, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So... If someone is listening to this and they found that person that's 75% of the way there, or even 50% of the way there, or is not even ticking the green flag boxes, it's just like a game at this point, like I need to make them choose me. Let's tie that back to childhood. What did they learn in their childhood from their family dynamics that is later coming back to bite them in the butt in adulthood?
1: Yeah. So some of the things they learned probably were a transactional model of love, which we've talked about, which is, You feel like love needs to be earned. So you need to show up in really pleasing ways, show them how you could make their life better, be super cute, make their life easy, make
0: sure you're easy to be around. And on that point, I think it's so interesting when you said that because I had this flashback to the guy in Europe that we were talking about and we would be on these long conversations, but it almost felt very performative for me not performative in that he would have known I was being performative, but just performative in terms of trying to be funny or sweet or interesting. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes you've had a bad day and you just want to say, I feel like shit. I had such a bad week. I'm really sad about this or blah, blah, blah. And on those calls, it was very rarely that. Mm -hmm. So I love that kind of internal question that you've just suggested, which is, am I trying to be a certain way when I'm around, can I be myself?
1: Yes. And, you know, that's very much related to really learning to abandon yourself. If you learned, you know, to be pleasing, to earn love, to seek approval, we, in that process, abandoned ourselves. We don't think about what we need in a relationship. We're not attuned to our needs and feelings, right? We're never probably in that receiving mode. We're in the giving mode, the pleasing mode, the earning mode. And these kinds of relationships fit right into that model. So we just do what we know. But when we get healthier, if somebody isn't even sure they want to be with us, we will, like I've said before, it's not that we won't even be interested. We'll be repelled by that. We'll be like, oh, hell no, there's nothing there for me. I don't care how attractive this guy is or how funny he is or how much fun we have together. He's not choosing me. And I know my worth. I know my value and I know that how I want to feel with someone. And I'm not feeling that way. I'm not feeling chosen. I'm not feeling seen and valued.
0: Okay. So I love the little vehicle and opportunity you provided there for people to just look inwards and say, you know, was it, what was I taught about love? Was I taught that I needed to be a certain way to be loved? Was I taught that I needed to achieve certain things or look a certain way in order to be the popular one or chosen by my parents or my mother or my father? So I love that. And I know that we're going to be launching uh, a workshop soon on helping people to identify those life traps and cycles that they've picked up subconsciously in childhood and that they're bringing into their adult romantic relationships so if anyone listening is interested in in that workshop and it is a revolutionary workshop I can tell you that do go to the open house website and and just drop in your sign up details you know sign up to our mailing list so you make sure that you get that e-blast when that workshop goes live But going back to the main meat of the episode, there's two types of people that I feel come to light in these situations. The first type of man is someone saying, not right now. I'm not ready. I'm busy at work. They're the ones we've already spoken about. They're giving you an explicit verbal acknowledgement of where they're at. Okay. So if you are still ignoring that and trying to chase it, then that shows that there is and delivered with love and compassion, that there is some big emotional wounds in you that need to be looked at. Now, the second type of man are the ones that either don't say anything, okay? So they don't explicitly say to you, oh, not right now. They just keep things ticking, bobbing along. Or the other type, which are probably the worst, is when they almost, not love bomb you, but they'll be very positive and very loving when they're with you, but then will never pull through on the commitment type of thing. So let's start with the first set of guys there. So if someone is not saying that it's a yes, but not saying that it's a no, let's give people a sound bite as to what kind of message, voice note, phone call, doing it in person, can we say to this other person just to communicate where we're at and basically ascertain where they're at?
1: Yes. So if that's happening, you probably haven't had a conversation. You probably haven't asked the question. So you could say something like, we've been hanging out a lot and I would like some clarity about... what we're doing or let's just talk about what we are and where this is headed cuz i like to have some clarity around that and you will get the answer you just have to be willing to
0: hear it okay i love that the simplicity of just saying that so with the first conversation you don't need to go in super intense this is what i want you can just open up a gentle conversation and say i just like some clarity and then when they come back is that when you can say okay well i'm interested in a loving Sexy, committed relationship right now. How do you feel about that? Or vice versa? This is what I'm looking for. And it maybe seems like you don't want the same thing. Is that when you would then bring it up? Yes.
1: That's when you're just direct, kind, and honest. And you have to be willing to be honest about what you really want. So many women try to play it cool, hoping at some point he's going to change his mind. He's going to feel more committed. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're so right. I guess that's the same for the other category of guys and girls that we were talking about as well. So no matter how loved they make you feel when you're with them or the text messages they're sending, ultimately it is the action of what's behind that. So even if it feels amazing, you just still need to have that same conversation with them.
1: Yeah. And you may not want to again, like you have to be honest with yourself. Maybe you don't want to know the answer. But if somebody is making you feel so good when you're together, but it's not really going anywhere, then you have to decide, is this what I really want? And also, I want to say that if you do set a boundary, if you let somebody know, listen, I really like you, we have so much fun together, but ultimately I'm ready for a committed relationship and it doesn't sound like you are, a respectful and healthy person will respect that and say, I hear you. You deserve to have what you want. I can't give that to you. However, Mm. some people are going to demonstrate that they are not healthy and they don't respect what you want and they just want to keep getting their needs met. So they will make promises, they'll manipulate, they'll try to convince you, You know, I'm just busy right now, but you never know. They're not being respectful of your boundaries and your
0: needs. And that's a huge red flag. So I just wanted to put that out. It's also such an important point to make, which is that if you do not do the work and set these boundaries yourself, there are people out there that will take advantage of that. There are so many people that are not interested in something long term and forever But if you're just giving them short-term gratification constantly, even though you're saying you want long-term, they're just going to keep taking that. So part of this work is around those boundaries, right? Yes, hugely. And also, I had
1: a client last week who was in this situation. She'd been on a date. She hadn't asked the question. She asked the question on the second date, and he was like, oh, I don't want a relationship. I want something casual. So she was okay, that's not going to work for me. So this guy then wanted to be friends. And, you know, it's no. What he wants to do is sleep with you and have access to you.
0: These people are not friends. They are not friends. And we've spoken about this, you know, can you ever really be friends with someone that you're dating or an ex or whatnot in another episode? So scroll back on Apple and Spotify and find that episode. But yeah, if someone says not right now, or if someone says, you know, I'm dealing with my own stuff. A lot of people are going to hang around and just try to be friends with them, right? Yes. What is your advice in that situation? Just cut and run and self-protect? Yes, you can say,
1: "Okay, obviously we had something here, but I hear you saying you're not ready for whatever reason, and I that's not good for me. I know what I want, I know what I'm looking for. We can't continue in any way. Friendship, relationship, having sex. And I wish you the best, and if anything changes in the future, and you feel ready for a relationship, let me know and I'll see where I'm at. And then you have to have the no contact. Move on.
0: Yeah, you are so right. And in episode 33, we did a live stream therapy session with myself and Dr. Terry. We spoke about my current dating life and the slightly juicy predicament that I found myself in a couple of, a month or two back now with two different men and one who wanted a conscious and committed relationship and another guy who was a lot more hot and cold, inconsistent. And it was very triggering for all my old wounds, which felt like, oh, there's so much chemistry. I need to make this guy see that if he can just see how good we'd be together, blah, blah, blah. So luckily, thanks to Dr. Terry and thanks to all the self-work I've done, I chose the lovely, sexy, kind, one of the two. And ever since then, we've been having a really beautiful experience and clear in his intentions, which is that you are everything that I want in a girlfriend and you have, you know, very specific about the traits. He says that he feels like he's never been able to speak to girls about emotions and all this stuff. So we're having a very healthy experience, but I want to wrap this episode up with a bit of a truth bomb, which is that the other guy the very last conversation that I had in person with him before we decided to call it quits because I went with the other guy and the other guy's ego couldn't handle that. So the best thing is we went fully cold turkey. He said, "I adore you, but I'm out. Unfollow me on on Instagram," and we've just never spoken again, which is great. And I'm not going to lie, there was a bit of a wobble when he unfollowed me on Instagram. Like it was a bit triggering for me. It was like, "Oh, I'm not good enough. He doesn't even want to be my friend." But I've learned from you. There was no friendship there. But the foundation of that entire friendship was driven by sexual chemistry. Anyway... The very last in-person conversation I had with him, this guy was chatting absolute fucking rubbish, excuse my language, but when you hear the end of this story, you will energetically eye roll just as much as Dr. Terry is going to, which is that he said to me, I feel like I've had this wake-up call, you're the girl I'm supposed to be with, you have all these traits that all these other girls haven't had before, I feel this energy of creation with you. Um, and I'm laughing because only in Tulum would a man say to you that he feels the energy of creation. Like he basically was saying, I want to create babies with you. You know, just ridiculous, ridiculous. So anyway, we ended things. I'm now very happy with the other guy. And he, my current man, said to me, Oh, I saw the guy the other day because they know each other, and he was making out with a girl. This was literally like four days after he said these things to me. And so I just want to say. Don't trust the love bombing, gaslighting, highly romanticized version of events that men and women give you because they can sell you a dream and that inner child inside of you, oh my God, it is all they want to hear. I honestly, in those moments, I was like, I found my person. He's telling me that he wants to love and adore me for the rest of my life. He wants to have children with me. Like he wants to build businesses together. Yeah it took everything in me to think, what would Dr. Terry say in this situation? And I came away from it and it was really hard. And that's tying back to what I was saying at the beginning of the episode is that it's often not that it feels really bad and that's why you have to leave. It's it's that discernment of the fact that often it feels too good because it's literally like gaslighting those emotional like wounds that we have.
1: Yeah. Well, it's easy Um, words, right? Versus behavior over time. mm -hmm. Words are so easy. You have to watch mm. behavior. And by the way, they have to match. So someone can also tell you, I'm not ready for a relationship and then spend all their time with you. Guess what? They're not ready for a
0: relationship. So mm.
1: it, it's like the words and the behavior need to match. That is integrity. That's what you're looking for.
0: Oh, yeah. So let's just wrap this up today unless there's anything else that you want to bring to the table, but. The people that entertain these like situationships, okay, they go on for months or years with no defined boundaries. What is going on there? Is it genuinely that you've got two avoidant people who are afraid of commitment and this situation just works well for them? Or is it the fact that actually you are not respecting your ultimate, honest wants, needs, and desires in a partnership with someone? So you're too scared to have that conversation and you just let things just go and go. And then you find yourself. In a situationship.
1: I think it's different. Each person knows like what their truth is. But oftentimes I think people stay in these things because they're dating potential. They have this dream that is never going to be reality. And they're not being honest with themselves about what they want. And they don't want to be single. A lot of times people will stick it out in these types of situations, even though they don't have matching goals because they don't want to be alone. And guess what? You're going to waste years oh. or months of your life.
0: Yeah, I love that. And actually in episode 21, I did a solo episode talking about, it was focused on being single in your 30s, but I think that the points actually stand just like across, across the board in terms of how amazing it is to be able to be happy single. And also Dr. Terry and I did episode 18 together where we looked at J.Lo and the psychology of relationship jumping. So we took the vehicle of her jumping from A-Rod straight back to Ben Affleck and what it means if you don't like being single. So I think that we can probably wrap up there today because there's so many things we could go and talk about. But I think that we like these bite-sized episodes and also so much value that we want to deliver is already out there on the podcast in our episodes. So thank you for everything. And I think just to wrap up, let's look back compassionately at what we've gone through to work out where our boundaries of love sit and whether we're bad at communicating. I love the examples you've given of how to communicate. And I think ultimately knowing what we want and communicating that outwards and then acting on what they say. If they say they do not want something, then step away. Do not tolerate a half assed love where someone is maybe going to be ready in six months. You know, got to put yourself first, remove energetically yourself from the space where you're tolerating something less than. And that is how we open up the space for something beautiful, healthy, and conscious. And, you know, my
1: digital course, Single to Engaged, is actually all about that. I created that course because so many of the women I work with get stuck or distracted in these types of relationships. And literally, once you become focused on what you want, you know where to put your energy, you know where to put your boundaries, you can get engaged, like literally in a year. So anyone who's listening, go check out that course. It will change your life.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing episode and I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Bethan. And we're the hosts of Seeing Red. We deliver intriguing, terrifying and dumbfounding true crime stories each and every week. With a focus on cases from the UK, we do occasionally venture overseas, we've covered everything from the mysterious death of professional footballer Emiliano Sala to the attempted murder of Victoria Silias, a woman who fell from the sky and lived to tell the tale. Binge our bulging back catalogue and join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red.